0: Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster say? See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now.
1: What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. This episode is sponsored by Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners' or renters' insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Hey, as a quick heads up, I want to let you know that in my real life, you know, I'm Conrad the Mortgage Guy. We don't call our folks who help people save money loan officers like they do at the bank. I always thought that sounded terrible. Instead, we want to be your mortgage advisor. In fact, we want to be your mortgage advisor for life, and we take that honor very seriously. Check out this 4.83 star review. That's right, 4.83 from Jeffrey in Fort Wayne, Indiana. He says, "I had worked with you last year to refinance our home before the interest rates dropped. Your team reached out to me to do the process again to save me more money and ensure that I had the best rate possible. I've never been treated as just another person on the to-do list. Even after I was done doing business, they were still looking to see that I was in the best financial place possible. We're going to go ahead and take a look at your whole financial situation and see if we can improve it. Maybe you've got equity in your house and you've got some high interest rate credit cards. We've probably got some mathematical solutions to get you out of debt faster and with cheaper monthly payments. Maybe we take a look at your current homeowner's insurance and realize, hey, uh, that might be kind of high. You might need another quote. Maybe we're going to make sure that you filed homestead on your house to make sure you've got the best deal on your property taxes. Whatever your circumstance is, if it's home-related, we're going to try to take a look and find a way to get you the best deal possible. Just like they say on old WWE programming – then, now, and forever. You know, it's like they used to say, because when you're safe with Conrad, you're saved with Conrad for life. No, seriously, we want to help you save some cash, and we want to do it today at savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender, you don't need perfect credit, you don't need money out of your pocket, and you can skip your next two house payments. What are you waiting for? Get a quote right now. Find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. I love talking about our friend, Steven singer. I'll tell you the competition must really hate this guy. He just makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better. And he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every customer the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating head to Steven singer jewelers? And you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than a guy sitting next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down, to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The guy next to you may be paying less. Do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven singer because at Steven singer jewelers. You're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven Singer Jewelers at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer Jewelers, one place, one price. Hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Arn, and of course, we couldn't do it without the master of the spine buster, the founder of the Four Horsemen, the Hall of Famer himself, Double A, Arn Anderson. Arn, how are you, man? I'm doing fantastic. How are you? I think I might have a new deal here. I'm going to start adding a new nickname for you every week and see how many nicknames I can give you before we actually click record.
2: Okay, what's today's?
1: Well, I don't know. I I, I threw in there the master of the spine buster. I think next week I might call you the inventor of the gourd buster. And then after that, the man who hates cheese, you know, we'll come up with something (laughs) every week.
2: Surprise me.
1: (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Geico. Do you own a rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know, what's easy bundling policies with Geico. Boy, this is one of the worst WCW pay-per-views in a long time. And I think you might even be nervous talking about this because it's going to be hard to do it and not have to shit on something, right? This is not a great show uncensored 96.
2: No. And and you know, to have a show that terrible, it had to be a collaborative effort out of everybody (laughs) because it didn't stink. It's super stunk.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, less than awesome. By the way, you can watch the show right now on, uh, the WWE network. We're doing some different stuff this March. Of course, last week was hashtag Askar anything. We'll do that again next week. But then on March 23rd, we're going to talk about the very last nitro. That was the 20 year anniversary of that. And well, here we are the 25th anniversary of uncensored 96. Just not a great show. It went down March 24th, 1996 in Tupelo, Mississippi, the birthplace of Elvis Presley. You got a favorite Elvis song on. I probably treat me like a fool,
2: Treat me mean and round. how's
1: that? I don't even know what you said. Was that English right there?
2: That was treat me like a fool Elvis.
1: I, I I'm going to, I'm going to guess that, Try you it that again. Ho, ho, ho. <clears throat>
2: Treat me like a hoe. Treat me mean and real better?
1: I'm gonna guess that you didn't serenade Mrs. Anderson. Is that fair to say? No. I could
2: I tried not to speak much. (laughs) Just motion towards go to the movies or motion let's go eat or something like that.
1: You got any good memories of Mississippi? Uh, I feel like, uh, we almost never talk about wrestling in Mississippi, but wrestling in Mississippi has been a thing for a long, long time. They're still doing indie shows out there right now, uh, especially around the Gulf coast area. Any, uh, any memories of wrestling in Mississippi through your yeah, days? Well,
2: yeah. Well, Biloxi, you know, was, uh, once they got the casinos put up, we would drive in there like before a show, no matter where we were just so we could go and gamble a little bit, you know, I could sit over there with the little blue haired old ladies and play the nickel slots. And if I was big time in it, play the quarter slots that we always enjoyed, um, Tupelo one trip in particular, I think it was probably to a pay-per-view, uh, you know, it's deserted from Memphis to Tupelo. Right. If you've made that drive, I'm talking about four lane, Nobody on it right? going either way. So I'm cruising along there, heading towards the building one after, you know, probably around noon or one o'clock or something. And I see this, uh, Cadillac pull up beside me. Now I'm in a Camry, but it's when they put the big engine, the V six in the Camry, like a year or two, I look over Mongo's got one of those fast Cadillacs. And he looks at me and I look at him. So we got into a race and we ran about 115 all the way. Kind of dangerous, kind of foolish, kind of stupid. If you got a family, but, uh, maybe Aaron won't hear this, but you know, it was nobody else on the road and that Camry kept up with that Cadillac, which I should get a free Camry for this, but it's the absolute truth. And we raced all the way into Tupelo, took us maybe, Fifty minutes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the good old days.
2: Yeah, that was, and that was heading into Tupelo. So, Mississippi has always been a, a a good place to, you know, support wrestling, and they love the wrestling. Bill Watts, you know, ran a lot of the Hattiesburg and some of those towns, and still a good place.
1: Let's mention this show drew nine thousand fans, roughly a hundred shy of capacity. There's 7,300 paying fans, pretty decent gate for the time, 104 grand. That's way up from uncensored 95, which only had 5,700 fans in the same building. Excuse me. What'd you think of the idea of, of having a show become like synonymous with a town like there for years and years, it felt like Starcade was always going to be in Washington, DC and WCW. And once upon a time, Starcade was always in Greensboro and famously Halloween havoc was always at Las Vegas at the NGM grand. What do you think of that? Do you like that idea? I do. If it's a big market and that can be their show for that year
2: and you can get an outstanding gate and it, you know, you can, you can kind of promote it. Six months out, just drop a line, you know, without having to hard sell it so much, but I love like a, a big and not to cheat the small markets, but you know, if you're going to have a pay-per-view that is tagged to a certain town, it needs to be one that will accommodate, you know, twelve, fifteen thousand 15,000 people
1: pay it off. Well, business is booming here compared to 95. Uh, let's run through that real fast. The estimated average attendance in March of 95 is only 2040 fans. It's up 82.4% to 3,720 fans. Uh, that means your gates are a lot higher too. In March of 95, you're only averaging 19.6. Here, you're averaging 38.4. So it's up 95%. Do you remember the gargantuan jump from 95 to 96? And how much of that do you attribute to the success of Nitro? Well,
2: I think if you go back and check maybe a year or two before that and see how many times you ran it those years and you could see the build uh, to where it made a little more sense that if you just got a two year. Uh, knowledge of it but i bet you i don't know how many times we ran it in 95 but we were building an audience apparently they were digging what we were doing thus the steady climb in attendance over the two years
1: it's pretty fun to look at wcw sort of rise and unfortunate for us the fall um Did you think you were headed in the right direction here in March of 96? I mean, we're a couple months out from Scott Hall showing up. So nobody knew what the NWO was going to do for ratings or houses or just WCW business in general, but did you feel like, Hey man, we're, uh, we're building something here or was this just sort of business as usual for you at this point?
2: Well, you know, I was there when it started You know, 1990, you look at the house show business, it was non-existent. So I was there for that, you know, five-year build and Hogan and Savage and, you know, some of those big names coming in. And, you know, that was going to make a difference, obviously. Um, You had a pretty good roster, you know, 96, uh, as far as just getting them paired together and getting some angles that worked, you know, I, I thought we had the makings of being a success, but it just, you know, it wasn't as quick as I wanted it to be, obviously.
1: If you're a business owner, you don't need me to tell you that running a business is tough, but you might be making it harder on yourself than is actually necessary. Don't let QuickBooks and spreadsheets slow you down anymore. It's time to upgrade to NetSuite. Stop paying for multiple systems that don't give you the information you need when you need it, ditch the spreadsheets and the old software. You've no doubt outgrown. Now is the time to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle, the world's number one cloud business system. NetSuite gives you visibility and control over your financials, HR, inventory, e-commerce, and more. Everything you need all in one place instantaneously. Whether you're doing a million or hundreds of millions in revenue, save both time and money with NetSuite. Join over 24,000 companies using NetSuite right now. Let NetSuite show you how they'll benefit your business with a free product tour at netsuite.com forward slash ARN. Schedule your free product tour right now at netsuite.com forward slash ARN. That's netsuite.com forward slash ARN. Go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Let's talk about March 20th. This is when we would see Otani beat Crispin Juan in the finals of the cruiserweight title tournament to become the first WCW cruiserweight champion. Otani, not a guy we saw a lot of in WCW. Did you ever work with him or meet him over in Japan?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I... I watched his work. I became a fan of the cruiserweights over in Japan, watching those guys, you know, Eddie Dean, uh, Otani, uh, Chris Benoit, you know, and some of the other Japanese wrestlers. I wish I could remember their names, but, you know, Jushin Liger, obviously. Uh, those That style was something that was so beyond my, my believability and scope of just... All, I was just in awe of those guys, the stuff they could do and the style they were working in, you know, and I'm assuming by Otani going over in that tournament, we were trying to build a relationship going forward with New Japan. Chris Benoit was thought highly of in Japan. So, you know, that's what I, I have to guess was the reason for Otani winning that tournament.
1: Let's talk a little bit about Johnny B bad. Uh, this was a dusty Rhodes creation. And I think, um, I mean, most everybody who watched WCW in this era knows he was a big part of WCW programming. It feels like he was on every pay-per-view for about five years, but he's going to up and leave. He's going to quit WCW sign a three-year contract with the WWF March 14th. He was supposed to be on this pay-per-view against diamond Dallas page in an I quit match at uncensored, but when he quits the booty man gets put in the match, which we'll come back to that. Uh, Meltzer would report the situation was, uh, they had a disagreement. They being Mark Miro and Eric Bischoff, um, allegedly they're negotiating a new contract and WCW says that Miro wanted Bischoff to sign a sheet of paper that said he would be guaranteeing Miro the amount offered to him in its entirety and, uh, the rumored amount was 300 grand, uh, two years at 300 grand. Should Mero suffer an injury while they're negotiating? And somehow in the course of this discourse, Mero mentions, oh, I've also been negotiating with Titan sports and I have an offer from them that in some ways is a better deal. So I need to know what my future plans are. This apparently pissed Bischoff off and he asked him to finish up that night and put Luger over Mero refuses to work at all until they have some sort of written deal and Bischoff says, well, I hoped that wouldn't come to this. And Mero says, well, I hope after five years, I'm leaving on good terms. And Bischoff lets him know you are not leaving on good terms. So it's not, uh, Hey, thanks for playing. It's don't let the door hit you on the way out. What was the rumor and innuendo you heard about Mero leaving at the time? Well,
2: all those meetings were kept pretty quiet. Yeah. To be honest with you. Um, and I've always, for me, I've always looked at it like it's none of my business. Right. I don't care what anybody makes. As long as I'm happy with what I'm making, that's all that matters. But I know that Johnny B bad, you know, was used well. I thought highly, you know, the, the, he was thought of highly with uh, the company. I didn't see him leaving, but I know timing is of the issue and, uh, he saw a timing where Vince wanted him. He had that great body, that great look. He was, you know, he was a gimmick. He was a character. He was all those things that Vince loved and Vince didn't even have to create anything. He already had it. Uh, So when you go in and you talk to, you know, one promoter, this was back in those days. and, And before I know this, You didn't go in with a counter offer for someone else unless you were prepared to go all the way with it. Now, I don't know if Johnny B. Bad was using that as leverage and wanted to stay, or that he had that deal on the table and he was ready to go. He just wanted to see, you know, if Eric would match it or whatever, but you know, during those times, I could see the mentality, a guy leaving WCW going to Vince and, you know, Vince is very charming. He can promise you the world and make you believe you're going to get it. And, uh, I can see how Johnny B. Badd would have, it was a no lose situation. I think for him, I guess.
1: The nasty boys are also let go around the same time. Any memories of, of how that came to be? I don't did their contract run out. I I don't know. I, I just wanted to ask, I guess, because it feels like you would have been a resource. I mean, I wasn't there, but it feels like you're one of the most unanimously respected guys in the locker room. And you had an advantage over some of these talents who had only worked one place or another. You had worked for the NWA. You had worked for WCW. You had worked for Vince McMahon. You knew a thing or two about a thing or two. Did any guys ever seek your counsel when their contracts were coming new, coming due or or time for renewal?
2: Yeah, they did. And, uh, you know, again, it's like, look at what you're offered. If you feel like you're worth more suggest that, but I was always of the opinion, you know? If, uh, if they said, this is what the offer is, no more. Don't play hardball. Let them know that you're glad to stay if you truly are wanting to stay. If not, then you can play hardball. But always remember, there's that chance of them saying, been fun, been nice. Thank you. See you down the road. That was my, the way that I, Conducted my business, you know, Um, and I always thought because uh, WCW was three year contracts and Conrad, you know, the stories of the old days before contracts, if you got hurt tough, if you didn't wrestle, you didn't get paid. Right. And if you had a really bad injury and you weren't that important to the office, if you were a middle guy, it's going to sound really cruel, but it's the way it is. Or an underneath guy, they would probably just go, okay, you know, go get well, but it's been nice, right. Could be the end of it. So those three-year contracts were guaranteed. And, you know, even if you weren't worth or going to get what you thought you were worth, the fact that you would get a three-year contract Guaranteed, rain or shine, you could plan your life around that. Your wife can plan your life around that. And other than playing hardball and seeing what I was worth at the time on the open market, because so I'd already been to Vince. and hadn't been that long since I left. You know,
1: you're talking a handful of years, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't going to test the waters. So, you know, and uh when uh they made me the offer then I'd agreed to stay three years. That's good. You know, that was good enough for me.
1: I want to give a heads up, you know, on all of my commercials for save with Conrad.com, you hear me say you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket. I say that because I want you to understand we're going to work with you right now. Even if you don't qualify right now, you see, we don't believe in no at first family mortgage. We believe in not yet, but don't take my word on that. Check out this five-star review from Nathan in Hobart, Indiana, He says, the level of personal service I received was fantastic. When I first contacted your office, I was not ready to get the best rate. Francis made a point to check with me every few months, just like she said she would during our initial call. Finally, my wife and I were ready and the process was smooth sailing after that. Thank you all so much for saving us $300 a month and lowering our interest rate from 4.65 to 3.125. Most of all, thank you for being nice people. Everyone we dealt with was great. The idea is, even if your circumstance isn't right just yet, we're going to work with you and get you some advice on how to increase your credit score, increase your buying power, just get you on the right path to home ownership. We're not going to treat you like the big banks do, like you're just another number. This is First Family Mortgage, and you're our podcast family, and we want to help you save some cash and get on the right track for what your short-term goals are and your long-term goals. If you're looking to save money each and every month, we can help at SaveWithConrad.com. If you're looking to consolidate all of your debt and get it down into one monthly payment and kiss those high-interest-rate credit cards goodbye forever, we can help you at SaveWithConrad.com. If you're looking to pay your house off faster, we can do it at SaveWithConrad.com. Or maybe you're just looking to buy your first home and you're not exactly sure where to start. You start at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. No matter your circumstance, save with Conrad.com can help you get a plan. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Let's, uh, let's talk about the show itself before we do, I guess we should mention there was one dark match Jl upsets, Dean Malenko in three minutes and 20 seconds. How fun is this to look back in hindsight, your old pal, Jerry Lynn and Dean Malenko, two other agents or producers for AEW, here in the dark match Meltzer gave it two stars, but I mean, gosh, they didn't have, but three minutes and 20 seconds. Do you think Jerry Lynn is one of the most underrated performers of his generation?
2: Yes, I do. And working with him now at AEW, I see how personable he is. I see how knowledgeable he is. He's got a really good basic knowledge of the way the business was and the way it is. And he's an excellent coach. He's a great communicator and he's just a great guy. He's one of the great guys in the business.
1: I've heard a lot of people say it's almost like he's too nice for the wrestling business. Would you agree with yes. that?
2: Yep. I would. But I thank God that he's there and he's with us because, like I said, he's a, he, he, he was a high spot guy, and he was doing the lucha stuff before it was fashionable and doing it well. So he has some of that. He has uh, working knowledge of, of uh, you know, how to put a match together and uh, how to feature, you know, certain things in a match. And he just has a great head and a great mind for the business.
1: Next up, we've got Jim Duggan beating Bubba Rogers in three minutes and 20 seconds. VK wall street's going to come to ringside with Duggan's two by four and give it to Bubba, uh, as Bubba and referee Nick Patrick wrestle over the board, Duggan tapes his fist and knocks out Bubba getting the three count. Meltzer would say bad and thankfully short. He gave it a quarter star. This match feels like warmed up old leftover WWF. You got Hacksaw Jim Duggan, the former big boss man and the former IRS. I know those guys were all in the NWA or mid-south or somewhere beforehand, but to the masses, this probably feels like, Hey, that's the old WWF guy. Right.
2: Well, and it's, I bet you, if you went back and saw how long had they programmed for this match, if at all, right. It like just a cold booking to me, just throw three guys together to get them on the show. That's what it feels like.
1: It is next up. We've got Dick Slater pinning Alex Wright in a minute and fifty-five seconds. Medusa was chasing Colonel Parker around ringside, and this distracted Alex Wright, that gave Slater the opening. The clock right with his cowboy boot and score the pin. It got a dud rating. We haven't spent a lot of time talking about Dick Slater. What 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 Dick Slater stories do you have with us? Well,
2: uh, you're not listening or, or remembering who was my idol before I got. You know, when I was a teenager, who was my idol, who are the one, who is one of the two guys that made me want to be a wrestler.
1: Uh, Elvis Presley clearly. No. Yeah. I know Dick Slater, but I mean, here in WCW, like that's all territory stuff. I mean, here in this era, he's sort of hokey pokey with WCW. He's here for a little bit, but not very long. Was he just winding his career down? Was he not a good fit with the corporate style wrestling? Why didn't Dick? Stick around longer here.
2: Well, Dick was like a old timer, but an old timer that could still work. Right. And I just idolized the guy and I saw him on nights that he had somebody to work with and he had enough time. I saw him when they put him with Dick Murdoch. And if you were like the hardliners, I think was their name. If they you were, remember that.
1: They were badasses.
2: You're damn right. They were. And this was during that same time period. Dick still had it. He just wasn't cast into roles because, you know, this was a time where both companies, WWF, which is now WWE, obviously, WCW, were looking for young stars, new stars, out with the old, in with the new. You know, I was looked at like a dinosaur. I'm sure Dick Slater was looked at like a dinosaur, but the guy could go. And, uh, Plus he was tough as hell. He was one of those guys, like when he was in the locker room, everybody knew don't screw around with Slater or, or if they didn't know, they're just lucky that they didn't some of the young guys. And, uh, he was just a guy I always looked up to and to just get to be around him that little bit, even at the end, even though he wasn't being used real well, uh, I'm actually shocked going back that they had him beat Alex. Right you know, Alex was one of the young guys, one of the new stars. They were trying to build.
1: Tell me a little bit about the legend of Dick Slater. I mean, he just passed away a few years ago, his wrestling career, at least in ring is going to end later this year in 1996. He winds up having two vertebrae, vertebrae blowout on him. Easy for me to say. And I just assumed a guy like that, who had been around as long as he had been around, would have probably found a backstage role either with Vince or or here with Ted Turner. And that wasn't necessarily the case. Was he just not cut out for that type of thing? Do you think, was he just one of the boys to the end?
2: Most guys aren't cut out for that job.
1: Yeah. Why is that?
2: Well, because it's hard to step away from being one of the boys and taking on the responsibility of being in the office. Right. And, uh, Dick was not, you know, just because, well, let, let, let me use a, uh, let me use another example, which will help you understand about Dick. Now, Dick, when, uh, when I went to Crockett in 85 and I was there a few months and they put me with Oli and they sent us back down to do the Georgia and the, and the uh, Ohio and, and uh, Michigan loops, Dick, was the booker down there. So he was the go between, between Jimmy Crockett, Dusty, and that group of guys. So that was an office role, but that whole thing didn't last very long. Now, as far as Dick moving into like a uh, agent or producer role, here's the comparison. Ted DiBiase, who I think is one of the greatest workers that's ever been yes, in this business. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he could work and he could put together a match and a story, and that character, he had it down. But he wasn't a guy that could sit down in advance and map out a match that was going to happen in five hours. He was a guy that went to the ring with his opponent, felt the audience, ad libbed, played off of the audience's reaction, and that's what he did. And he was a great performer. Not a lot of guys can sit there at three o'clock in the afternoon and talk about two talents, you know, going out and having a match. And here's what we're going to do. A to F until you see how the crowd's going to react. Right. Dick wouldn't have been one of those guys that could sit there at four in the afternoon because Dick went out and just worked and a guy would fall in line. If he was experienced. And he would counter what Dick was doing or he would fight back or do all the natural things that you know to do once you become a veteran, but he wouldn't have been able to sit there at three o'clock and go, okay, let's see, what do you do? And what do you do? And let's see how we can mesh that and blend it and, and make it work. That wouldn't have been one of those things that would, would have been his long suit.
0: Are the big wrestling companies leaving you without that extreme fix? If so, adfreeshows.com is the place to be. Last week, we had another event with the guys from the adfree exclusive show, That Was Extreme, with Blue Meanie and Joel Gertner. Our members got to sit with two ECW mainstays for more than just a two minute hello, asking them questions about their monthly podcast. Take a listen as Blue Meanie shares more insight on the infamous mass transit situation. So this, this kid, uh, mass transit, shows up. and says he's a student of, of Killer Kowalski and he trained Killer Kowalski. This is the one show Killer didn't show up at. And no, if Killer, no reason oh, to believe that he's lying, though, because this happened all the time. Right, right. Oh, yeah, Killer would show up with the students and stuff like that. So the one time Killer Kowalski doesn't show up, this kid shows up and goes, "Hey, I was trained by Killer Kowalski. If Killer Kowalski had been there." He goes, "said, oh, this is bullshit, you know, and you know things could have been averted." And the crisis was not averted. And Blue Meanie goes on to tell you why. So, become a part of the family now. Enjoy this and so many other exclusive shows and events, including the recent Jim Crockett interview, as well as Title Chase. The recent episode highlights the WWF Tag Team Championship belt owned by Conrad himself. So make the decision to sign up today and join the fastest growing wrestling community over at
1: adfreeshows.com. Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Maybe I'm asking something that uh, you don't know about, but it is a famous story. Do you know the story about Dick Slater getting shot in the leg? Yeah, I think Wahoo shot him. <laughs> the famous story goes there was a, a, a night out in the bars with the boys in Atlanta and Tommy Rich is there and I think Andre's there. And somebody at the bar, a regular patron, a civilian, if you will, makes some sort of derogatory comment about Tommy Rich's wife. That pisses Wahoo and Tommy Rich off. The guy thinks he'll get cute and pulls a knife. Wahoo pulls a gun. And eventually this leads to Wahoo allegedly pistol whipping this guy in the parking lot and the gun accidentally fires and hits Dick Slater in the leg. The police come and Slater swears it was a sniper shot that this guy had a buddy on a building with a gun and that's who did it. It was definitely not (laughs) the American Indian pistol whipping a guy in the bar. Yeah. That's awesome.
2: (laughs) And you know what, in that, in that era and that day and time, they could have got away with it.
1: I think they did. Uh, unbelievable how this wrestling business has changed and what was possible and what's not possible now. And RIP to Mr. Slater. We lost him in 2018, but boy, what an innovator.
2: Well, Hey, you know, no matter what you thought about him, if you go back and think about the fact he was in a terrible car wreck. Yeah. That could have killed him. Yeah. And then he got shot in the leg by Wahoo and he was still <laughs> able to perform at that level. Still that's right. why he was my idol.
1: Yeah. He's a badass. I mean, him and Murdoch are arguably two of the baddest dudes ever to form a tag team. Uh speaking of badass tag teams, well, how about this? And by the way, all these matches we're running through, none of them are on the pay-per-view. They're all on WCW Main Event, which is essentially a teaser program to get you to buy the 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 pay-per-view show. Uh, they started this, I don't know, sometime in the mid 90s. But I like the idea of there being, hey, here's a look of what you could get tonight. And how about this for a main event on main event? Rick and Scott Steiner go to a no contest with the Nasty Boys in five minutes and 19 seconds when the Road Warriors interfered, attacking both teams. Of course, the crowd is into the match while it lasted. These are bona fide stars. But outside interference again here. Uh, I love the nasty boys and Rick Steiner or, or, or the Steiner brothers as a, a foursome. I think they've had great matches for a long time. And I like the idea of booking them with the road warriors here, but it does feel like a ton of star power to not put on the pay-per-view. What say you? Yeah. Yeah.
2: My God. Uh, the Steiners were not on the pay-per-view.
1: No on main event. Whew.
2: I think, uh, Plus, the fact that all these matches are just going a couple minutes. Yeah. You get that mindset if you're sitting there watching, you know, a match, especially with, you know, those four guys, you're going to think, well, hey, we're going to have something here. And for that to be done in five minutes, how long was the Dean in jail? Three minutes?
1: Yeah, they're all super short. I mean, let's, let's run through them again. The first match, 320. The second match, 320. The third match, one fifty-five. The fourth match, five nineteen. A lot of stars here, not getting a lot of time though.
2: Well, yeah, and like Dean and JL, they didn't have a chance to tell a story. You know, none of these matches are ha- by the time I scoot back in my seat and tell everybody, all right, man, shut up. I want to watch this match. You know, these guys are, are badasses. Once I settle in, it's over. A- and it's not fulfilling. It's just burning a lot of talent before you get to the main show.
1: Let's talk about the way this show is set up. When the pay-per-view starts, Tony asks Bobby Heenan, why are you wearing leather instead of your usual attire? And Bobby says, you never know. I'm prepared for anything. I don't want my $225,000 Armani suit to be ripped off. I'm wearing leather so I can wash stuff off. You know what I mean? And dusty promotes the match saying this doomsday match. When you take a cold, hard look at this situation, it goes back to that word. I've been using all night and that is danger. There's danger surrounding the place. And Bobby says danger's one cage. What's danger with three cages? Four tiers? Twenty some men. Who knows what's going to happen? And it does look kind of odd to see the wrestlers walk past this giant cage on the way to the ring. When do you remember somebody coming to you and say, Okay, Arn, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take one cage and put it on top of another and put it on top of another. And there's gonna be forty of you guys trying to beat up Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. This feels like it's right out of the book of bad ideas.
2: Yeah. And initially my reaction was glad I'm not in that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like when they had, there was rumors of a scaffold match, but you didn't know who they were. It's just a foregone conclusion. I ain't in that one. Right. I'm scared of heights. Right. Boy, did they rib the shit out of me.
1: The first match gets a ton of time. It's Conan and Eddie Guerrero for the United States heavyweight championship. I love Conan in this era. I think everybody understands that Eddie Guerrero is one of the all-time great performers, uh, Meltzer dug it and he gave it three and a quarter stars. It's a bit of a baby face match here. Cause neither guy is yet a heel. Uh, what'd you think watching this one back for the first time in 25 years?
2: Um, well, you know. Conan did have a following. He was a huge star in Mexico. Yep. Eddie was just simmering. Eddie had not become a star yet. Right. But his work already was star laden. If that's the proper, I mean, that guy could do some incredible stuff, stuff I had never seen before. It might have went a little too long. Yep. And- You know, um, because the fact is you better be in shape with those cruiserweights. Yeah. Brother, they zip, zip, zip. Conan was no spring chicken. Not to say he still was not good shape, but, uh, cardio shape with a guy like Eddie. Whew. I know he'd have blown me sky high. That's for sure.
0: Pardon the interruption, but I just wanted to tell you really quick about two of the best ways to support the art show. One is to pick up a shirt from OrangeShirts.com, and the other is to grab a gimmick from BoxOfGimmicks.com. It's the official store of The Orange Show. You not only support the show financially, but you get to show off your fandom to others, helping spread the word about one of your favorite podcasts. So check out
1: arnshirts.com and BoxOfGimmicks.com. And thank you for being a listener to The Orange Show. Go to Geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. The guys uh did some hard work here, but Meltzer didn't love the finish. He says after several more near falls, Guerrero went for a Thes press and upon landing, he hit gro- he hit his groin on Conan's head, selling it as a low blow, and Conan rolled over for the pin. The finish was weak, and the announcers tried to sell it as Conan doing it intentionally. Even if that was the idea, it meant they screwed up the finish because based on what happened, it was Guerrero who crouched himself rather than Conan overtly or accidentally doing it. The negative about doing a low blow finish was that they do about 30 more low blows for the rest of the show and none of them lead to a pen. I don't know. Maybe Eddie had a more sensitive groin area. I don't know.
2: No, or no thought was put into it None. or the rest of the show or what you had planned, you know, that's yeah, that's uh and that's the first match on the show.
1: Yeah, that's the way we open the pay-per-view. And that's the other thing that's weird. That match gets 18 minutes, but we can't move the Steiners and Nasties to the main card, give them 10 minutes. It feels weird.
2: Check. Check on that. I mean, again, it just was not. All the thought, I think, for this show was headed towards that last match and how they were going to pull that off. And a lot of stuff got skipped over. The first match of the night is Critical. It's important on any show because it sets the mood for the night. And that was a flat, confusing finish to me
1: as a reminder, uh, the winner of the match will go on the next night to nitro and defeat JL. So Jerry Lynn going to wind up in the losers column the next day. Uh, Conan won this us title from one man gang back in January. He's going to lose it to Ric Flair at bash at the beach, 96. Uh, this version of Conan where he is the traditional, uh, Lucha garb before he becomes K dog and joins the NWO and has a darker side. Did you think that was a good fit for WCW at the time? I mean, obviously he's key to bringing in a lot of the other cruiserweights, but it always felt like WCW didn't know exactly how to book this version of Conan.
2: No. And I, and you know, when he was in Mexico, he was jacked. Yeah. You know, he, good body. Biggest guy there best body there I would assume at the time yeah which made him special and he did just enough of the lucha stuff but I imagine you know he did some strongman stuff and all that other stuff well now you're in the locker room with you know the steiners and the road warriors and all those guys I'm sure he had to amend that style somewhat um a cruiserweight you know just me thinking about it and I know the stories were different and all that but Eddie needed a cruiserweight. It could have been Jerry Lynn and Dean. Right. In a, in a triple threat. If you wanted to open that show, take some of that time, you know, take 15 minutes and let those three open the show. Now you got, you got something to go. Whew, holy shit. Did you see that? You know, just hindsight being twenty twenty, 20 uh, stories being what they were. If it was a title match was a U.S. title. Conan was the U.S. champion. Yeah. Right. So, you know, in those days, maybe somebody thought just having opening up with the, uh, the U.S. championship would be a big deal. But, you know, that title had been watered down so much, Conrad, it didn't have a lot of value, to be honest with you.
1: Let's talk about uh, the next match here. This is Tony Schiavone's favorite WCW match, believe it or not. It's Belfast bruiser beating Steve Regal by DQ in 17 minutes and 33 seconds, three and a quarter stars Melts were right. Tony Schiavone made a comeback on this match as he got it over as being brutal. Even though a lot of what was taking place would go over the heads of many, if not most viewers, this was a super stiff, all Japan impact type of match with no hot moves, no build, no psychology and a horrible finish. It really wasn't an entertaining match, but on a believability scale, It was more believable than almost anything you would see in the United States short of a UFC match. And in fact, it was brutal than more than most of them. Not that this is a match of the year, but it is a must-see match. The two who have wrestled each other for years, just pounded the crap out of each other. Finley's offense was the most believable in North America. At one point, Bruiser threw a punch to Regal's nose, which broke his nose and pretty well messed up his face to the point he might need surgery. He was bleeding from the nose heavily when Bobby Eaton and David Taylor interfered for the DQ after the match, Taylor slapped Finley, incredibly hard, incredibly hard, three and a quarter stars. These guys, I mean, I obviously they know, like, and trust each other, but boy, they are pulling no punches. It's potato city. What'd you think watching this one back?
2: Before I get to that, let me just back up one little bit and just say, you know, the announcers for the, for the Eddie, uh, match. One of the, one of the reasons that might not have felt so good if you're sitting home is be honest with you, our announcers, just like me sitting here today, don't know the names of a lot of those moves, right? It's hard to call that match when it's Lucha moves and they have their own names. And remember this was just the beginning of the Lucha era coming to to America. Right. So I just want to say, you know, if those guys, you know, had a rough time calling it, not knowing what to call the moves, not knowing them, I get it to this day. I don't know what half the the names are of those. So just trying to cover the, uh, you know, uh, the lack of probably Lucha knowledge. Yeah. That our announced team had just say it. Cause they're all pros. Very seldom do those guys not know what they're looking at. Right. Maybe that would have added to the drama of that match. Now moving on, this is supposed to be uncensored. Anything goes, no DQ, no <laughs> anything.
1: Correct. Well, that's the way it's marketed, but it's not feeling that way so far. Is it?
2: No, no, no. It's, uh, Number 1 they should have stopped, you know, on the Eddie and and uh and Conan match they should have stopped it, let Eddie get his stuff together a little bit, but the match should should have continued. Once he did because if it was accidental, you know, Conan could have backed off, hey, I didn't mean for that to happen it, and then go wherever you wanted to go, but don't let that be the end, it's too weak. Now on this match these guys got it. Yes. They understood what that pay-per-view was, was based on uncensored. Anything goes be as violent as you want. And you know what? They used these. Yes. Their knees and their feet and an occasional headbutt placed in the right place, but a legitimate one. And I'm going to take a couple minutes. If you don't mind here, Conrad and give a guy some credit. Yeah. That, doesn't get enough credit I know for he, who he was and who he is. I know where and you're going
1: and I'm ready to hear it.
2: Well, Steve Regal was a great wrestler. Yes, sir. I love that European style. He could have a match literally with a salt shaker and make it good. And fit Finley now walks in the door. Now, prior to this, before he came to work for us, just out of the blue, I was talking to Terry Funk one day in the up in the stands, and we were talking about you know, you know, we need some fresh talent in here. Something it'd be nice if we could get somebody that nobody knew. I mean, we need some heat on some heels. And he looked at me, and he said, "Arn, you ought to go get Dave Finley." I said, "Well, who's Dave Finley?" He said, "He's the best heel in the business." And that came from Terry Terry Funk at a time that, you know, I thought I was a pretty good hot commodity. I thought Rick (laughs) Rude was a a good heel. I thought, you know, Kurt Henning was a good heel. Ted DiBiase. He said, I'm telling you, if you see this guy work, he is a vicious son of a bitch. Well, when we got fit and he came in from day one, he was an assassin. To this day, I've never seen anybody that was as vicious, had a grasp of psychology, was a nasty heel, could make guys and make himself at the very same time. And man, when he mugged you, he mugged you. And it was solid. It was relatively safe, I would say. But man, he sold tickets over in Europe. He was in a situation where they were in the same Want Vance, I believe, was the promoter, and they had trailers at an arena. And for six weeks, they would just wrestle in that same arena, and they drew every single night, seven days a week without having to move. And it was because of guys probably not at the level, but with the same mentality as Fit Finley. But he was just a – Man, he was a superstar. I was just in awe of the different things he did. That European style amazes me anyway. And him and Regal, mostly him, beat the ever-living crap out of each other. And if you didn't know who Finley was, you wanted to know when that match was over. It's a shame, and it's a little blip on it, and maybe I'm the only one on earth that feels this way. But when you've had a fight, that intense and you do a run in on the end of it. And there's an actual DQ decision and a winner by DQ announcement. If there was one, they didn't need it. If you wanted Dave Taylor and Bobby Eaton to pile in at the very end, cause they thought he was going to kill Regal fine. Just let them fight through the back. It was uncensored anyway. Just let them, non-decision. They fought back through the curtain and we're done. It was just a glitch. You know, it makes you wonder, how can there be a, a decision when it's a no DQ match? Every match on the card was a no DQ, but point being Dave Finley, let you know who he was. And to his credit, Steve Regal took a hell of a beating that day. So kudos to those guys. One of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. And it was more like a bar fight.
1: I love talking about our friend, Steven singer. I'll tell you the competition must really hate this guy. He just makes the experience of buying a diamond better and better. And he makes it fun. Steven is the very first to offer each and every customer, the perfect price. That's right. Have you ever wondered if you're getting the best price? Are you uncomfortable negotiating? Head to Steven singer jewelers and you're guaranteed to get the perfect price. You'll never pay more than a guy sitting next to you. And here's a little insider tip. Most jewelers mark their merchandise way up just to mark it down, to make you feel like you're getting a deal. The guy next to you may be paying less. Do you want the most important purchase of your life to be based on your negotiating skills? Not the case at Steven singer because at Steven singer jewelers. You're guaranteed to get the perfect price all day, every day, 365 days a year. That's why we trust Steven singer. He makes the experience of buying a diamond so easy. So check out Steven singer jewelers at the other corner of eighth and Walnut and Philly or online. at I hate Steven Steven singer, jewelers, one place, one price. Go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Tremendous. Go out of your way to see it. If you're going to watch one thing on this, you got to see it. Um, it's, it's unbelievable. Uh, Regal even wrote about this in his book. Uh Tony and I have talked about it. It's one of the most famous matches probably in WCW history. Um
2: especially if you're a purist. Yes. Wrestling purist. And you want to sit down and when that match was over and that show was over, even though there were some stinkeroos after that, everybody I bet you that were going to their car with their family were talking about. That match it stole the show.
1: It did. Let's get to the next match. Before we do, I want to mention we've got an interview with Giant and Jimmy Hart by Oakland and Gene announces the winner of Giant versus Loch Ness will face Flair for the world title the next night on Nitro. Uh, Tony talks about how Medusa threw the women's title in a garage. He even says the WWF by name. Mean Gene gets a plug in for the hotline. And Colonel Robert Parker is introduced at weighing 197 pounds, which I'm sure made Meltzer laugh. Uh, he's going to pin Medusa in three minutes and 47 seconds. It's a man versus woman match. Uh, Medusa can't even keep a straight face. According to Meltzer. Eventually though, Slater kicks Medusa's leg out as she's holding the bridge. Parker rolls her up for the pin one star Medusa versus Colonel Parker though. Arn who booked this shit is this Terry Taylor? Is this Kevin Sullivan? Is this Eric Bischoff? This is just terrible. And it didn't have any time either. Well, how it had four minutes too long. This, This should have never happened. Man versus woman. I know. I don't like it. Yeah.
2: But in those days, I mean, you were, you know, you get away with stuff that didn't make sense. That don't make sense. It's never made sense to me. Right. You know, it was just Medusa is a killer. Now she could probably kick half the guy's ass in the locker room today. Sure. But so could me, but he didn't do it. She didn't do it. We knew she was that tough, but she was still a woman. She was still a lady. And when you got to have Dick Slater help you beat a woman, my God, why would you even be trying to beat a woman? Right. I'm just not a fan of that mixed deal. I never have been.
1: No, it's not great, but you know what? Neither is the next match. It's DDP and the booty man in an, I quit match. Uh, but Meltzer would say it turned out to be a regular match in which page would retire. If he lost, like anyone is left in the world who actually believes that one, he would also write page has lost a ton of weight. Actually. The best part of the match was when page was selling for the invisible man outside the ring way too long. And it got really boring. The finish saw page go to kiss Kimberly it was dressed up like a ballerina in a sixth grade play and acting like a sixth grade girl dancing around the ring, saying things like, I want him to be my boyfriend. Kimberly slapped him stunning Paige, and booty hit a high knee, which was more like a low knee for the pen at 16 minutes. Then booty man kissed Kimberly and she sold it. Like it was the first kiss of her life. Even by the standards of pro wrestling, this angle is the most unrealistic thing in the world dud. And of course we know, in a year, DDP is going to be on fire. He's going to have the push of his life, a program, and maybe the feud of the year in nineteen ninety seven with Macho Man Randy Savage. Really great stuff. But boy, we're we're miles away from that here. This was a stinker. What what say you? Well, not his fault, I don't
2: guess, but Brutus had the Zodiac gimmick. I never understood what it was. Yeah. Booty man, I never understood what it was. No, there was never an explanation of what it was. And, you know, having Kimberly in that role, when everybody knows it's your wife, right. You know, because it was very well publicized, that's your wife. They're probably not going to accept the fact that she, go, you know, dumps you for another guy. And she's going to be on the show every week. And you guys are still living in the same house. You know, there's some secrets that you just can't keep. And uh, I think that was one of those wish list things that I don't know about the ballerina and what went into that and who put that together. That, you know, certain people put their own stuff together in those days, Conrad. They had carte blanche to come up with their own angles. And uh, Kevin Sullivan, who was, I think, at the Booker at the time. And I was helping him. And I think Terry Taylor was helping at that time, too. But it's some things were just hands-off. They had got clearance. It was their angle. We didn't need to figure it out. It really wasn't any of our business, believe it or not.
1: Psst. Hey, what if I had a secret where you could pay off? credit cards you could pay off your car you could even retire 13 years earlier it's not a secret baby it's SaveWithConrad.com. with come on ask toby in edmond oklahoma he left us a five-star review and wrote conrad's team was able to do everything i hoped for to help me reduce my mortgage term by 13 years think about that folks 13 years now there's 12 house payments of course in a year duh And if you're doing 13 years, that's 156 payments. You know what your mortgage payment is. Multiply it in your calculator by 156. That's how much old Toby saved. Not only that, he wrote, they paid off my car, my credit cards, and dropped my interest rate significantly. So let's recap. If you could go ahead and pay your house off 13 years faster, and oh, by the way, pay your car off with a greater tax deduction and a cheaper interest rate, and get rid of your credit cards and their high interest rates and get a greater tax deduction there and also reduce your overall interest rate, how do you lose? You don't. This is a win-win-win situation. And that's what we believe in at SaveWithConrad.com. And oh, by the way, if you have a car loan, if you have credit card debt, not only is the interest rate higher than what you'd be paying if you went to SaveWithConrad.com, it's not tax deductible. You get to write off your mortgage interest. You don't get to write off that interest on your car. You can't write off interest on your credit cards, but you can on your mortgage. So why wouldn't you get a better rate on your mortgage? Cut the years down. Get rid of the car payment. Get rid of the credit cards. Retire faster by retiring your debt faster. We can run the numbers for you and your family right now at First Family. Just go to SaveWithConrad.com. That's SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And did I mention no house payments for two months? It's SaveWithConrad.com. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's com. really uh, a stinker of a match. It's hard to believe that all this talent is here in WCW and we just can't figure out what to put on the pay-per-view. I mean, there's so many great performers on the main event show. And to your point, no, it's not at Leslie's fault. Any of these terrible gimmicks, they just sort of are what they are. I mean, but I don't know. It's just hard to imagine Andy Guerrero and Chris Benoit and all these guys are in the company and. Not here. Uh, and the match goes way too freaking long. We didn't even mention that. They gave this one 16 minutes on it's a dud rating, but whoever timed this show should have been drug out back and shot.
2: No, i tell you what, I mean, this is nobody's fault. This is everybody's fault. (laughs) It took a, like I say, it takes a village to raise a child. It took a damn metropolis to make this match. And this whole, not this match, but this show be the stinker. It was, it was a cumulative effort of everybody in the building had to be. Cause the, it was just bomb after bomb after bomb.
1: Lex Luger and Jimmy Hart are going to be doing an interview with me and Gene and Jimmy says it's the last time he's going to walk to the ring with Lex and tells him he loves him. Gene says, blow it out your ass, which is kind of fun. Uh, Lex is supposed to be in the match with sting versus the road warriors. Of course, Sting and Luger are the tag champs at the time. We also see Loch Ness come out, and he's going to wind up be using Ray Mysterio's music, which is kind of ironic. Uh, Tony says, "This is truly a battle of Titanic proportions." Dot dot dot. In many ways, so you can guess what's next. It's the giant and Loch Ness monster. Two minutes and thirty four seconds. The giant took one great bump, which supposedly wasn't planned. Loch Ness is the worst, and I think this is the last we'll see of him. Negative one star, according to the Observer. Boy, old Loch Ness, people had big plans for him. Doesn't really work out. He
2: had a big career in Europe, supposedly.
1: Right? Giant haystacks. He had been uh, a big star all over England. And, well,. Not very good here.
2: No, no. And I got a feeling there was a little water went under the bridge from the time he was a star till he had this match. Yep. Uh, if big show or the giant, he was called at that time, took a great bump. That's who he is. He would try to pull something out of nothing. And if it was involuntary, so what? Uh, but I would have, you know, you don't have two giants in a match with the same gimmick that could get really, really boring quickly. So if it went what two minutes or something,
1: two minutes and 34 seconds. And by the way, these are big boys. Not saying the giant couldn't go more time, but
2: it's worth mentioning too. Here, That's too long. That's too long.
1: Loch Ness is 49 years old here. He's going to turn 50 later this same year. And he's a big boy. I don't know.
2: Pounds maybe
1: my over that gotta be,
2: you know, he could probably only fall down one time, right? Not being a smart ass, you know, that age, that size, one bump is probably all he had in him. So get to it in 20 seconds.
1: Not too long after this, unfortunately he was diagnosed with cancer and he leaves WCW goes back to uh, his home in England. He passed away uh, late 98 of lymphoma. Um, next up, we see an interview with sting and Booker T done by me and Jean sting is trying to, to be a gangster here. And he says straight OG brother, right? Which Booker T says, don't make me knock you out right now. Of course it's sting and Booker T taking on the road warriors, dude, 29 minutes, 33 seconds, a Chicago street fight. This is just way too damn long, but. It gets three and a half stars in the observer. what do you think?
2: Well, it was long. I, I did think it was a great elevation for Booker.
1: Yes. Big time.
2: Being in that match and Booker always had from the first time I was in the ring with him and Stevie, you just knew, you know, those guys were good for a very good team, but Booker was going to be a single and you just knew it. He just, he had that baby face. Stevie Ray was the bulldozer of that team. But the, all the excitement came from Booker. He could do it all, man. And you you knew it from day one. And getting a rub with Sting and the Road Warriors in that match, that's the one good thing that I think came out of the show besides uh the match we talked about with Regal and Finley. That was the two shining, I think, stars of the whole show just booker being in that mix and being able to last in that mix and compete
1: you mean it wasn't the main event let's talk about it i can't believe this is real do we have to unfortunately tony's going to give us a rundown of the rules and he says rules i understand are very simple hulk hogan and macho man randy savage will start at the top as a gauntlet once they get through a cage, if they win in that particular cage, then those men would be eliminated till they work their way down to the bottom if they can pin Hulk or beat Macho Man Randy Savage at any time. But Hogan and Savage must go through every man to win their match. And Bobby replied, Rules, you're talking about rules. They don't care about rules. There aren't going to be any rules. They're going to get in that cage and go after the big white tiger Hulk Hogan and tear the yellow and red off his carcass. And you know it. So here we are. As a reminder, this is the similar style cage that you guys did back in 1988. I assume that's where this idea comes from. Just Sullivan warms up one of his old ideas. Would you, would you guess that's the same?
2: So this is three cages, small one, bigger one, biggest one, right? Yeah. And you got to drop down from the small one.
1: Like an escape door. That's right.
2: And then you got to drop down from the middle one to the bottom one. And then you have a decision, right? Yep. Well, number one, I got added into this some way, somehow. Once Kevin must've looked around and said, there's not a lot of guys that are going to do a lot of falling down in this thing. Look at the monster roster. And then you look at the baby faces. And so I guess my job, which I had nothing to do with the storytelling to get to this match. So I was just inserted to be a flow guy or somebody to keep getting his ass kicked, take some bumps, try to make it exciting. But boy, eight on two. Whew, Creative control to me has always been a nasty word. And that night it became really relevant on how much strength and stroke and power those two words carry because that was God awful. And there were people in it like Jeep Swinson, bless his heart. Yeah. Who's left us, who was a monster. The biggest arms I'd ever seen up to that point and strong and you had Zeus and you had Barb and me and all these guys, all these killers and two guys beat them all. Yeah. That's not making baby faces. That's making you want to puke. And that's what the audience did. They just sat there and rocked back in their chairs, probably puked in their own mouth. Cause it probably wouldn't have been favorable to, puke on the floor, but I bet a lot of people were wanting to. It just was shitty in its design, lousy in its preparation. The whole concept made no sense. And if you if you think two baby faces were made at the end of the day, then you're not a wrestling fan because No way, no how should that have ended that way. No way, no how should that match have ever occurred.
1: Go to geico.com, get a quote, and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com.
2: A lot of dangerous, a lot. It's a miracle you didn't have four guys blow out their knees, dropping from one cage to another to another. It's a pretty good drop.
1: It's freaking terrible is what it is. It's just the whole thing. And by the way, your boy, Brian Pillman out of the whole thing. He has throat surgery in Vanderbilt on March 13th. And Gene Oakland on the hotline said he didn't have surgery and he was making it up and he claimed the hospital, uh, or he called the hospital and they said there was no record of Pillman being there. That resulted in a legal letter from Pillman's agent to Oakland complete with a patient discharge sheet. And then, uh, Yeah, it looks like your boy is doing everything he can to get out of this. This is when he's doing his whole work shoot angle. I respect you, Booker man, and all that stuff where he got a real release and then used it as leverage to get a new deal from Vince McMahon, but still he wants no part of this stinking main event, even though he was announced and advertised and promoted. Were you surprised that Pillman pulled up lame for this?
2: He's the smartest man in the locker room at that time. (laughs) He saw it was going to be a stinker, just like I did. And he finagled it into his own angle that he had going and he got out of it. I'm telling you, that was, that it was one of the all time lows and he dodged a bullet and got out of it. Wade killer, Kudo, re- kudos to Pillman.
1: Wade Keller reported. There was a push by Hulk Hogan behind the scenes for Brian Pillman to be added to the match. Uh, sources say that Hogan wanted to leg drop and pin Pillman on the pay-per-view since Pillman had been getting so much attention lately, but Pillman fought the idea and ended up compromising and returning to WCW sort of on Monday Nitro by attacking Savage at the end of the match. Originally, Hogan was supposed to beat up Pillman and Zeus and Swenson were supposed to save him, but Pillman appeared to refuse to cooperate with Hogan by pulling away from him when Hogan grabbed him. It's conceivable that Pillman will fill one of the final two slots Although one-man gang and either shark or warlord are still slated to fill the final two positions, and we know, boy, this is just a stinker. Um, and again, he, he uses uh, maybe he had a real surgery, maybe he didn't, maybe this was rumor and in innuendo, maybe it wasn't, but he avoided a real stinker. You mentioned Jeep uh, Swinson; he was originally promoted as the ultimate solution, or I'm sorry, as the final solution. Of course, some Jewish organizations took issue with that. So they renamed him the ultimate solution. Once upon a time, he was a wrestler down in uh, world-class, I think. And even had a feud with bruiser Brody. I think most people remember him from that Batman and Robin movie though. You liked him though. You, You said a minute ago, he was as big as a house. You had good interactions with him.
2: Yeah. I mean, as far as being a nice guy, he was a nice guy. He just couldn't work. Right. Guys that size are one-dimensional. It's okay when they're knocking enhancement talent down two or three times and then winning. You know, Zeus couldn't work. My God. You know, he couldn't do anything for anybody. Everything, would, you know, you had to just keep him on his feet, creaming us. But then, you know, the audience starts to see through that. Um, it was just surrounding Hulk with as many monsters as he could possibly beat, defeat, look good with. And, uh, I don't think Hulk even realized at the time that the audience saw through it. Right. And you were in the audience. Didn't you see through it?
1: Yeah. I mean, this was a stinker. This is not a pay-per-view I watched live for a lot of reasons,
2: you know, and again, you know, Rick and I were just tossed in there as cannon fodder and I don't complain about it. I showed up every day at that company and, or any company that I work for to this day and whatever they want, that's what they get, you know, and this is not about me, but you had a couple of professionals in there. You had more people that were disinterested than not. You had a couple people that were completely lost. And then you had you know, a couple of baby faces trying to take advantage of that mass confusion and somehow get over it. and it didn't, and it will be viewed in history as just, a the screaming shits.
1: Meltzer, right? Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage beat Ming barbarian, Ric Flair, Arn Anderson, Kevin Sullivan, Lex Luger, Z gangsta, and ultimate solution in 25 minutes and 16 seconds. Hogan and Savage worked with Flair and Anderson on the top level and then threw powder at them to go to the middle level there. They faced Sullivan Luger, Ming and barbarian. They locked Ming and barbarian and half of the middle level cage. And then the other four wound up in the wrestling ring. Finally, Jeep and Zeus, who weren't even there at the beginning showed up. They dragged Hogan and Savage into the bottom level of the cage. And it only got worse since they couldn't work. Somewhere while all this was going on, Ming and Barbarian were let out of the cage and simply walked backstage. Finally, Sullivan Luger, Flair, and Anderson were in the bottom of the cage. So it was six on two. Jimmy Hart gave Lex Luger a loaded black glove, and he went to hit Savage who ducked, then he held up, then changed his mind and KO'd Flair for the pin. Negative three stars. The finish of this thing, on. It would have to improve to be the shits. I think as an Arne Anderson line, was that right?
2: It wasn't that good. Yeah. Real bad. Embarrassed that I will take my share in it. I was part of the company. Uh, don't ever make me watch this again. <laughs> I'm telling you. No, yeah.
1: Like we should actually give a peek behind the curtain. I got a text from Aaron yesterday that says, do we really have to do this one? Can we pick a backup topic? So we've already got the research and it's the anniversary. He's like, can we do anything else? I'll do anything else. And I somehow got you to agree to do this.
2: Well, I do not want to get on here and constantly be negative and bit, sound like I'm bitter. Cause I'm not, I mean, I had a job. I was taking care of my family, but trying to be a professional day to day and see some of the crap that was getting pushed through just because you have creative Liberty Whew. man. This is a rough yeah. one. Yeah. I did ask you to get out of this. <laughs> one because it's not good for the audience either there. I got a feeling right now, liquor cabinets are being open all over the world. There's a lot of depressed listeners guys. It's over. It's done. I promise we're going to be upbeat going forward.
1: Hey, real quick. I believe Klondike bill made this cage that had to add to your stress level. Right?
2: I bet he never crawled up to the top. Klondike Bills, a good man. He was a valuable employee to Jim Crockett and I guess WCW, but whoever made that cage and really made it and saw it when it was finished, they certainly saw it from the ground. Nobody went up there to inspect it because I hate heights and that son of a bitch was pretty much up there.
1: Go to geico.com, get a quote and see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today. That's geico.com. Well, we're hoping that we're up there on your must listen to lists of podcasts. Next week, we'll be back with hashtag ask anything the following week. We'll be back to talk about the last nitro. You don't want to miss it. You want to participate. You want to follow us on Twitter. You can go follow us on Twitter at the Arn show. You can keep up with all of our new topics and you can ask questions. It's at the Arn show. And don't forget if you've got a question for Arn. Ask it not only there, but use the hashtag ask Arn. And uh, until next time, he is at the Arn show. I am Matt. Hey, hey, it's Conrad. And we'll see you next week for another ask Arn anything right here on Arn. Double A's on the scene now,
2: baby. I told people I would break arms, break legs, do whatever I had to for people that stuck their nose in my business. <laughs> toot toot big time if you know what I'm saying